0: Hello, and welcome to the Landis Cooperative Experience, featuring the Bull Bear Banter. We all know that markets often behave in a way that can't easily be explained. The Bull Bear Banter is our best effort to digest the noise of the marketplace. So thank you for joining us. Sit back, relax, and let's talk about the markets.
1: Hi, this is Cheyenne Dunham, and I want to welcome you to the October 4th episode of the Bull Bear Banter. Before we get into the week-to-week market changes, Tom, we had something this week that we wanted to address on the podcast. I'll let you take care of that one.
0: Sure, Cheyenne. On Thursday, Landis Cooperative released a press announcement, and I'm just going to go ahead and read through that. Landis Cooperative announced that it is mutually parting ways with CEO Milan Kusarak, effective October 11th. Moving forward, the cooperative is focused on meeting the expectations of its farmer members in today's difficult agricultural economy. President of the board, John Scott, said, as a cooperative committed to our members, employees, and industry partners, we are ready to propel forward under new leadership. As a financially sound business, we are focused on advocating for our members at the local level growing relationships with our customers, providing profit-driven grain marketing and agronomic solutions, and building off of the success of our animal nutrition business. Mylan Kusterak joined the cooperative in 2006 and is credited with growing the cooperative's value-added animal nutrition business as well as building the foundation for Landis Cooperative. Effective October 11th, Mark Miner, the cooperative's current CFO with more than 30 years in the cooperative industry, will serve as interim CEO until the time a new CEO can be named. The Board of Directors has retained Clifton Larson Allen and they are conducting an internal and nationwide external search for the new CEO. And now we'll talk about the markets. Today, December corn finished at 384 and three quarters, which was down four cents for the day, but up 13 and a quarter for the week. November soybeans finished up four and a half today at 916 and a quarter, and that's up 33 and a quarter for the week.
1: So, Tom, it was pretty easy to find a big story this week. On Monday, we saw the USDA's quarterly stocks report. Remember, this has historically not been a very remarkable market mover, with the report coming within 60 million bushels of the average trade estimates in four of the last five years. But we can't say the same applied to this year, when corn stocks as of September 1st came in at 2.1 billion bushels, which was well below the lower end of the 2.3 to 2.5 billion estimate range. Soybeans were a similar story, with estimates anywhere from 940 million to over 1 billion, and the actual number came in at just over 910 million bushels. So diving into those numbers a little more, 2018 US on-farm corn stocks at this time were 620 million bushels compared to 753 million this year. So we had 133 million bushel bump. On the opposite side, off-farm stocks, so that would be your elevators, your commercials, those were $1.5 billion last year, compared to $1.36 billion this year, so $160 million less than in 2018. It seems the funds were caught a little off-guard by these numbers, and we saw some short covering after the report's release on Monday. For soybeans, 2018 U.S. on-farm stocks were 101 million bushels, compared to 265 million this year. Those off-farm stocks were also higher this year. $648 million compared to $337 million in 2018. So a big bump on the soybean side for what's being held at this point. So Tom, I think that covers the big story. I didn't leave you a lot to talk about on the bull factors side, but um, let's see what you can come up with there.
0: So yeah, on the bull factors for corn, those lower than expected stock numbers are really uh, the thing that caught my eye. I've been talking about 2.4, 2.5 billion as I go around and talk to farmers. And I think getting it back to 2.1, obviously ran the market up pretty good after that report, so that was good to see. Going forward here, I think the wet weather continues to put a little pressure on harvest progress. Monday's crop progress report showed U.S. crop at 11% harvested versus a 19% average. I can't imagine that's going to be a whole lot bigger next week with all the rain we've had here in the center part of Iowa and and beyond, Um, also into Illinois and Indiana. And then the other thing that's, I think, going to continue to support corn is this low farmer selling. That's given us an extended basis support here where, what's moving out of old crop into new crop these uh, end users are really pushing their basis to try to find some bushels and I think that's going to continue on until we really get into a full harvest mode on the corn side. So if you've got some corn to move especially if you've got some old corn to lock in I think now's the time to look at that. If you're sitting on stuff that's got to be put on that's already on price later and needs to be priced I think now is your opportunity to get that done before you consider throwing more money at that to put it into the next price later program.
1: Thanks Tom. I think that's a really good point that we're really struggling to find bull factors for corn right now, but that price still seems to be well above where we've been at the last couple of years on it. So definitely something to take advantage of and maybe be asking questions as to why it is up and how long we think it's going to stay up. You know, we don't want people to get comfortable with these prices and then get into harvest and just have it crash on them before they have the opportunity to price anything. On the bear side, it's a little easier to find points in my opinion. You know, you mentioned lower than expected stocks, and I'm going to say only two point, 1 billion in stocks that's still a lot in the face of these export concerns and ethanol issues we've been seeing. Remember, this is expected to be the sixth largest crop in U.S. history. Those bushels are going to have to have a home somewhere. Again, exports are a struggle. U.S. FOB prices are the highest in the world, so we're having a hard time, you know, finding a home for this corn, marketing this corn globally. The USDA's grains crushing report, the marketing year total for corn used in ethanol production, came in at 5.37 billion bushels. That was down 235 million bushels for year-on-year and five million bushels shy of USDA's projected total.
0: So on the soybean side, as far as bull factors, As we saw earlier this week, China granted another tariff exemption. This is the third time, and this time to seven different companies. I don't think the total amount of beans that we're hearing purchased is as big as the last couple rounds, but it's still good to see that they're in there buying some soybeans, so that's good. So there's some talk of dryness and some planting delays in parts of South America. That's going to help support prices a little bit as well, and I think just this ongoing delay in harvest will give us a little bit of support on the soybean side for a while too.
1: On the bear side for soybeans, I'm going to say similar to corn, we're sitting on a lot of beans. You know, we may be a little further away from that one billion bushel mark, but 910 million is still a lot of soybeans, especially when we're concerned about again where these beans are going to go. You know, we we hear some positive news out of China, but it's not numbers that are big enough to really offset what we're dealing with on the price side right now. It's it's kind of a concerning thought to think that eight dollar soybeans could be considered our new normal. At least that's the case the last couple of. Of years it seems like. Again you know talking a little bit about Brazil it's getting it's still early to tell on them but private estimates for Brazil's 2020 production are continuing to rise so we're going to continue to compete with them on the export side of things. So it's been a couple of weeks, I think, since we've done a Tweet of the Week. I haven't really had time to sit down and go through Twitter. I had a little bit of time before we recorded this today, and this was from Jacob, and he did this on Monday, and the tweet is, tweeted frozen corn pictures this morning, and within two hours, the USDA reduced corn stocks that's the kind of response time you like to see from the government. So a little bit of humor there, you know, obviously we're looking at other things with those stock numbers, but kind of a touch there that, you know, frost and cold weather is kind of a concern in the back of everyone's head as fall seems to be coming in, you know, fast and hard. On our what to watch for in coming events, October Wazi report is going to be out next Thursday, October 10th at 11 a.m. So make sure to keep an eye out for that. You know, again, always be ready with offers. I think this Last report on Monday proved even if we don't expect a market mover of a report, it's always good to be prepared. Because I mean, we saw double-digit up numbers for corn and soybeans on Monday, and I don't think anyone was really prepared for that.
0: So typically, we talk about why does it all matter, Cheyenne, and I think I'm going to take a little left turn here and do a little detour. I'm going to talk about a couple of different things here. Um, one of my favorite faux holidays is today. It's October fourth, and I like to refer to that as Good Buddy Day. So a lot of people kind of roll their eyes and look at me like, what are you talking about? But it's October 4th, 10-4. Good buddy. It's something that uh, I heard first from my father who was involved in the trucking industry for a number of years. And he just always thought that was uh, the time that you should tell a trucker that you really appreciate what they do. And so reach out and thank a trucker today or this weekend and let them know that, you know, it's 10-4. Good buddy day. Um, Secondly, today, first Friday in October, big day around here. We're celebrating, right? Had a cake earlier. We're talking about the anniversary of the podcast. It's been exactly one year and I was going to say we've done 52 podcasts, but actually we've done a little more than that because we had some specials in there along the way. So I went back and kind of did a a search in, in some of my emails for just a timeline and different things that we did to kind of get prepared for this you realize that on Friday, July 13th was the first time we actually had a meeting, an internal meeting to talk about if we want to do a podcast, how would that look? What would that do? So quite a ways ahead of that first week in October. And then July 17th, which was the next day, we got an email from one of our um, folks that were helping us put the podcast together and they said, hey, it's Amazon Prime Day. You might want to order those microphones. So we got our microphones ordered that day. August 10th was the first test recording. And I always thought that was interesting. You know, I was kind of an advocate of that. You and Joel got this going. I said that at the time, we need to do several of these. Let's test. Let's figure it out. None of us have ever done a podcast, let alone some radio. Let's let's just do some dummy ones. But I thought it was interesting. After about four or five weeks of that, you know, we had kind of set that first Friday in October was the day we were going to start this podcast. And about end of September, maybe even middle of September, I said, hey, Cheyenne, hey, Joel, I think you guys are ready. Let's do it. And both of you, like unanimously, right when I said, no, 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 you said the first Friday in October, Tom. That's when we're going to do this. So we waited till that day. And I thought that was kind of interesting. So I'm going to ask you, you've been doing this for a year now. What kind of has stood out to you as something that you've learned that maybe you might not have thought that was part of making a podcast a year and a half ago?
1: You know, when you first asked me about this, I didn't really listen to podcasts, you know, I generally knew what they were and that was about the biggest accomplishment there. So it's definitely been an interesting process learning, you know, the recording process, the editing process, getting it out there. I think it's been great, you know, the special segments we've been able to do and to just be, you know, talking to customers that call in on the phone and then mention it or, you know, ask some questions about it, talk about it. So just the audience that we've been able to reach with it, you know, it is a little different than a video on YouTube or some, an article you read it's it's a different way to get that information it's it's easier in some senses you know you put it on recording you put your earbuds in you listen to it while you're you know working around the barn or driving the tractor you know a lot of different opportunities there so I've been excited with you know the audience we've got I'd like to see you know more people start to listen to it we've had some great guest speakers I hope we have more opportunities for that in the future I I think there's a lot more a lot more opportunities here that I'm excited to see what this coming year brings for it.
0: Well you even had a fan approach you and you know want to get your autograph here a while back yeah. so that was exciting to me. Um, you know it was my granddaughter but I thought it was kind of cool. So the thing that I think stood out to me at the beginning was you weren't even in Ames at that time. Joel was sitting here in Ames doing it. You were in Ralston and I kept saying wow you can do that? I, I I don't know enough about this technology. My technology and recording goes back to the you know late 70s early 80s making cassettes from recording my buddy's albums you know, having music that way. So this is kind of new technology for me as well. I think the one thing that kind of stands out to me was the time I had Dustin help me with the podcast and I forgot to turn the microphone on and, uh, Didn't realize why that was such a poor recording until like three days later after we'd published the podcast and it was hard to even hear it. Oh, I got to use the microphone and turn it on instead of just using the internal microphone on the computer. So I think we've all learned quite a bit, but uh, it's been kind of fun. Like you, I I like some of the specials we've done. You know, it's it's great that we're doing this weekly bull bear banter, but there's a reason we named it the Landis Cooperative Experience Podcast, not the Bull Bear Banter Podcast, because we did think it was important to give our listeners... little extra information every so often. We've tried to do that every few weeks or at least once once every month and a half or so, sometimes a little more frequently, sometimes a little less. But I think that's the one thing that's uh, good and we've gotten some good feedback on I also remember, you know, in some of those early meetings, and I can't remember some of the names that we threw out, but when we kind of stuck on that bull-bear banter, that just kind of resonated for the three of us as we talked through that. I was really a big fan of just calling it the bulls and the bears, and I was definitely outvoted uh, very, very quickly on that one. So it's been a lot of fun. I know we've kind of enjoyed it. It is it is a lot of work trying to get this done every week, but... Uh, once it's done and we're ready to roll, I think it, it's uh, been good. So hopefully all of you folks out there listening appreciate it as well.
1: Thanks, Tom. Good message. I think that's all we have today. We appreciate everyone joining us for the Bull Bear Banter as part of the Landis Cooperative Experience podcast. Our tagline, bears make money, bulls make money, and pigs just go to market continues to be true. If you have any questions regarding grain marketing decisions, make sure to reach out to your area grain marketing advisor. We want to thank you for listening and we'll both be back again next week.